Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 through 9, tell us that Christ's all-redeeming death was part of God's eternal plan and purpose. Yet on occasion after occasion, when the Lord Jesus spoke concerning his coming death to his disciples, especially Peter, they continually expressed their natural thought that such a thing should never happen to him. Furthermore, on the night before his death, they one by one declared to the Lord that they would never deny him, even at the cost of their own lives. Of course, we all know the story. Peter representing all the disciples within a few short hours, was repeatedly denying the Lord. On one hand, it seems hard to believe that after the Lord had revealed so much to his disciples that they could still behave in such a way. In fact, Peter and his failure is representative of all our natural strength and fleshly concepts. Yet by the Lord's mercy, Peter, and eventually even all of us, his weak and frail seekers, are led through a process where Christ's death becomes much more than just an objective fact. We must become those who, like Peter, enter into his death so that we can ultimately be ushered into the reality of his resurrection. Bob Danker has joined us. We continue, Bob, in chapter 14 of the Gospel of Mark. And this account just amazes me more and more because it gets quite personal. It's so easy to see ourselves in Peter Uh, and realize that we are all uh, such weak and frail ones. At any moment, we can be so easily deceived by our own thought, can't we? That's right. It's a wonderful thing to see that Peter is our representative. He's passing through all these experiences with the Lord as the Lord is progressing gradually, step by step, to the cross to accomplish his all-inclusive death. And Peter is there all the way, interacting with the Lord and in the process being, I would say, exposed as to the fact that he is a man in the flesh, uh, a man who has good intentions, a very good intention, of course, uh, toward the Lord, and but nevertheless, he doesn't know himself. He needs to be enlightened. (laughs) So the Lord leads him through these experiences so that he can know himself, and eventually he is brought into the experience of the death and resurrection of Christ. Really striking in this program, this message today, you know, the Peter had come through several very high experiences. At uh, Caesarea Philippi, he had this marvelous revelation of who Christ was when everyone was kind of fumbling and reaching for things to say. Peter spoke, you know, so eloquently that day, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And, And immediately following that, he has a big failure. Even the Lord rebukes him, calls him Satan. Then he is taken to the Mount of Transfiguration, once again has this incredible revelation, seeing the Lord in his glory. But following that, uh, shortly thereafter, another major failure. And now the Lord again here in chapter 14, we'll read a few verses, uh, is going to reveal something marvelously important, critical in his eternal plan, in his eternal economy. And once again, it brings out another failure on the part of Peter beginning to see a pattern here, aren't we, Bob? We certainly are, Chris. (laughs) Okay, let's pick the reading up in Mark chapter 14, verse 27. 
And Jesus said to them, You will all be stumbled, because it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said to him, Even if all will be stumbled, yet I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you that today in this night before a rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he went on speaking more intensely. Even if I must die with you, I will by no means deny you. And they all said similarly. Well, Peter is really representing them all. And as you said, Bob, he's representing us all, isn't he? Exactly. All right, let's join Witness Lee for this first portion. Marvelous program today. Please try to stay with us for the entirety. Right after the enjoyment of the last feast of Passover, he prepared another feast. That is the Lord's table. And that indicates that old dispensation was replaced. A new one, a new dispensation comes in. After doing this, he told them he will be smitten. And all of them will be like the flock scattered. He told them. But Peter jumped up. What? What? Uh-huh. I will never deny you. I assure you. The Lord said, <laughs> just tonight, before the cock crows twice, after the second time, you'll deny me three times. And he said, no, no, there's not such a thing. And all the rest said the same thing. <laughs> what is this, dear saints? Whenever the Lord reveals something concerning himself, in God's economy to us, he always exposes our real situation. You know, Peter got the revelation that he was the very Christ. Then the Lord Jesus exposed him, that he was Satan. He recognized, he saw that Christ was the Christ. Uh-huh. Right away, the Lord Jesus exposed him, Satan. And then further, he exposed him, his self, his soul life, and so forth. In the institution of the Lord's table, what is revealed here? His death, his resurrection, his himself, his enlargement, the mystical body. Wonderful. But right away, Peter and all the disciples got exposed. Their natural man, their self and their self-will, and their mind, their kind of thought, you see, all got exposed. They still didn't realize how much self they have, how much flesh they have, how much human mentality they have, how much human natural concept they have. They don't realize all this, then the Lord Jesus exposed them. Bob, let's talk about this pattern. Of course, we all like to see something of the Lord. We're quite elated when we get a kind of a vision or a revelation. But I'm beginning to think maybe uh, as these revelations were unfolding before Peter, he may have gotten to the point eventually where he was saying to himself, oh, no, another revelation. I know what's coming next. (laughs) That's right. Every time the Lord reveals something concerning himself or concerning God's plan and purpose or concerning the church as the enlargement of the Lord, the body of Christ, to Peter, he 
he brought him into a situation in which Peter was exposed. Peter was full of himself, basically. He was overconfident. He felt that he could be faithful to the Lord and follow the Lord even unto death. He was full of his natural concepts, his natural ways. Um, he, He didn't realize all these things about himself. And I think that is the story of all of us. We all have a high opinion of ourselves, and we think quite highly of ourselves. Right. But then the Lord opens the veil a little bit, and we see something in our spirit concerning him. And it's marvelous, and we rejoice, and we're so happy. But we don't realize that right after that, the Lord is going to bring us into some kind of experience where we realize well, we are just short. We are still in the flesh. We're still so natural and so fleshly and full of our own way of thinking yeah. that is contrary to God's way of thinking. All this has to be exposed and uh, brought into the light so that we can ultimately follow the Lord all the way into his death and in his resurrection. This is the Lord's goal. The Lord's goal is not just to show us how bad we are. He wants to bring us somewhere, Mm -hmm. but there's no other way to get to where the Lord wants us to be except that we pass through these experiences where we are fully exposed. As Peter is uh, a kind of a representative of all of us here, not just the disciples, we see ourselves again and again. When he had this revelation, uh, and I'm thinking of the one at Caesarea Philippi. And the Lord says, you know, you're blessed, Peter. Uh, Flesh and blood did not reveal this, but, you know, the Father in heaven revealed this to you. In other words, Peter was ushered into light, into divine light, to have that kind of realization, that kind of revelation of Christ. But it's also in that light when we get a real view of ourselves, isn't it? I mean, God's light is needed both to see him and to see ourselves. That's right. The light does two things. As you said, Chris, it unveils us and reveals to us marvelous scenery yeah. of God's economy. Then at the same time, this light shines into our hearts to show us who we are, what we are, and where we are. Bob, on the surface, you read this chapter and you realize the Lord is undergoing a kind of preparation himself to enter into the experience of the death that was awaiting him. But when we see a little deeper, as we are in these life studies, we're realizing the Lord is also not just preparing himself, he's preparing Peter, he's preparing the other disciples because they need to also enter into that same death and that's just ahead, isn't it? That's marvelous, Chris. Let's uh, continue reading here. We'll read a few more verses from Mark chapter 14, verse 32. And they came to a place named Gethsemane and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter and James and John with him and began to be awestruck and deeply distressed. And he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going forward a little, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour would pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible to you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Were you not able to watch for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And going away again, he prayed, saying the same thing. And coming again, he found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy. And they did not know what to answer him. 
And he came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being delivered into the hands of sinners. Arise, let us be going. Behold, the one betraying me has drawn near. A willing spirit and weak flesh, Bob, are daily companions, it seems. Here's Witness Lee once more. This was the Lord's way to prepare the disciples to receive his death and resurrection. Peter was there. He got through all the things, yet he was not here. You see, right after such a supper, the Lord warned them, assuring them, telling them that they are still in the flesh, even though the Lord instituted such a supper for them, and they partook it, yet they are still in flesh. But, you see, Peter right away got caught. He behaved in a way, fully in the natural way, fully in the flesh, fully in the cell, fully in Peter. From that time, all the way Peter got caught. Why? Just after this warning, the Lord led them all to... Uh, Gethsemane. And the Lord purposely brought Peter, James, and John, these three particular ones, to go to the head to pray with him, you know, what these three did. And Peter, surely, he was the leader. And he took the lead to sleep. <laughs> he was that bold. When he came into the real situation, his weakness came up. He couldn't do anything but sleeping. Sleeping, sleeping. Then those people came to arrest the Lord Jesus. You know, Peter was the one. And he had a sword. He took the sword. He cut one of the ears of the servant of the high priest. He made the trouble. Even there, the Lord Jesus had to perform a miracle to heal that cut ear. He gave the trouble to the Lord Jesus. He was so strong in the flesh. Then, just a short time later, he was following <laughs> those arresters to the court of the priest. A little maid saw him. Oh, you are one from Galilee, right? Right away, he denied. He denied three times. Well, what is this? This is just to put Peter on the cross. This is his crucifixion. He got crucified. Not only the Lord Jesus was crucified, Peter too. He got crucified. He got exposed. He got crucified. But all these, actually, he did not only pass through the death process, he entered into the death. Oh, Bob, here is the very key we've been talking about. These experiences and now these, you know, additional failures, not only denying the Lord three times, but before that he falls asleep three times. He cuts the ear off of the high priest's servant. Failure after failure after failure. Really, we're seeing Peter here led into his own crucifixion, aren't we? We are. It just seems that Peter's experience at this point uh, was very much intensified. The Lord was very near to the uh, time when he would be put on the cross and he was bringing Peter ever more and ever closer to his own crucifixion 
so that Peter could participate in and enter into the very death of Christ. And in order for that to happen, Peter, again, had to be exposed. He had to uh, take action or fail to take action, as the case was, sleeping three times and then rising up in a natural way, a fleshly way, and using his sword to cut off the ear of the high priest's servant. Then the greatest failure of all, that must have touched Peter the most deeply. He desperately did not want to deny the Lord. He wanted to be faithful. He was willing, but he just did not have the strength, the life power that the Lord had. The Lord had the Mm -hmm. divine life power to go the way of the Father's will and be crucified, but Peter simply had no way to follow him. That must have been a deep wound in Peter's being as he realized ever more clearly that he was a total failure. (laughs) No doubt after he denied the Lord three times, he was deeply disappointed in himself, perhaps not even knowing what to do or how to deal with the situation. But he didn't realize that the Lord had a very positive intention, and that is to bring Peter into the experience of the crucifixion of Christ. This is really the Lord's intention in all our experiences of failure. We fail because of who we are, what we are. We don't know that clearly. We're not so clear, but the Lord knows everything. And he brings us into these circumstances where the light shines and we see who and what we are. But this is for a positive purpose, is to lead us to follow Christ to be terminated on the cross, to be crucified with him so that we can enter into his resurrection. This is actually quite a marvelous experience. So when the Lord had told the disciples, perhaps just a few days before this, to pick up their cross and follow him, we're thinking maybe in terms of Peter's ultimate martyrdom. But really, this is the cross the Lord was talking about. And I'm quite sure, Bob, that after this final failure, then having to witness the suffering that the Lord was about to go through, Peter must have felt utterly in despair and like there is no hope left for me. He, God must is, it surely is finished with me. But at quite the contrary, as we're going to see in this next section, really the Lord was just ready to begin with him now. That's right, Chris. Well, we're going to see uh, Peter in a new uh, condition in this coming portion. Not too many days from now, Peter will stand up on the day of Pentecost, and a different person is present than the one we've been looking at. Here's Witness Lee. When the day of Pentecost came, Peter, he stood up. When he stood up, at that time, he was another person. He was altogether another person, crucified, resurrected, and ascended. He was such a Peter, just a Peter as the reproduction of the crucified, resurrected, and ascended Christ. He was his reproduction. He was his duplication. He was his duplicate copy. Why? Peter has been brought into the death of Christ, into the resurrection of Christ, into the ascension of Christ, and he has been fully saturated and soaked with Christ. To that point, Christ became him, and he became Christ. Under the Pentecost, when Peter stood up, that was Christ. This process began from Galilee, 
from Mark chapter 1, when he was a fisher there, and the Lord called him, and that brought him into the process. It was a long process, over three and a half years, you see, up to the day of Pentecost. My, here's one who got through and who got into the death and resurrection and ascension of Christ. The Lord instituted his table, and that was a part of his preparation of the disciples in order to bring them all into the full realization of his death and resurrection. Today, I believe, is the Lord's preparation of us to bring us into his death and resurrection that we may enjoy him through such a death and resurrection as our replacement. Then he becomes us and we become him. And then we are his duplications. We are his duplicates. Bob, these are striking words. Eventually, according to what we just heard, Peter became a kind of a duplication in a sense. Of course, not in every sense, but in some sense, uh, Peter became a duplication, a reproduction of Christ. And I thought before I have you comment, I just read a little bit from Peter speaking 50 days, only 50 days after uh, all we've just been uh, hearing. Peter stood and he said to a crowd that was made up of the Jews and probably some of the Romans who were involved in putting the Lord Jesus to death. This man, delivered up by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, you, through the hand of lawless men, nailed to a cross and killed, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pangs of deaths, since it was not possible for him to be held by it. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we all are witnesses. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received the promise of the Holy Spirit from the Father, he has poured out this which you both see and hear. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you have crucified. Does not sound like the same person to me, Bob. Not at all, Chris. Peter here was so bold, testifying to the very ones who had crucified the Lord and who were undoubtedly a threat to Peter's own life right. at that point. Uh, he didn't care for his life. He had passed through. He had been brought into the reality of Christ's death and had his old man with his flesh terminated. He was in the resurrection of Christ, and he was also in the ascension. He was transcendent. He was far <laughs> above everything on the earth. He was speaking in ascension. He was really, at that point, a real duplication, a reproduction of the crucified, resurrected, and ascended Christ, a witness of everything that the Lord was and everything that the Lord had passed through. It's truly a marvelous picture. And Bob, it, it's not just a picture of Peter. It's really our destiny as well, isn't it? Absolutely. The Lord wants to bring us all into the same experience as he brought Peter into. And uh, for this purpose, the Lord has us all in his hand. He's bringing us day by day. If we will open to him, we just open our being realizing we are nothing, we can do nothing, but the Lord will bring us into his death and resurrection and even into his ascension so that we will be in that kind of position far above all with the Lord on the throne and we will be able to serve him and live in his body as such persons. 
The Lord, of course, told us in John chapter 12 that if he, as a single grain, was to fall into the ground and die, then what would be brought forth are many grains, many reproductions of the one grain. Of course, we don't mean that in the sense of sharing Christ's headship, his uh, deity in that sense. That's not our portion ever. But in terms of being a duplication of a God-man, a man, a human, a genuine human, yet one who is filled with the divine life and expressing God uh, in humanity, that is a kind of duplication and reproduction we can look forward to. We can, Chris. Oh. This is wonderful. It really is. Well, we hope you've been encouraged, you've been strengthened, you've been enlightened, all of those things and much more as we have uh, enjoyed bringing this portion to you. I'd like to recommend again, as we most often do, the printed Life Study messages. We can make these available to you if you'll contact us. We have a toll-free number. It's 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. That's all the time we have today. Please join us for our next program. For Bob Danker, I'm Chris Wild. Thanks very much for listening. Witness Lee's remarkable commentary on the life of Abraham, taken from the life study of Genesis, is now available from Living Stream Ministry in a single volume entitled Abraham Called by God. Abraham Called by God by Witness Lee is available at Christian bookstores everywhere, or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788.